that he's either having selective memory or he's lying. Hey there, boys and girls. Welcome to a special edition of the Business of Sports with Andrew Brandt. Such big topics. I've waited this week to see if these things would break, and they did, of course. Uh, so we're doing this on a Thursday afternoon, and we're going to talk about the Brittany Griner release. We're going to talk about the bombshell report from Congress about Daniel Snyder. This can be a special podcast late in the week on two topical issues that really just broke today, Thursday, December 8th. We are presented, as always, by DraftKings, musical producer you hear under us, Sam Brandt, produced by Jack Connell. And we're going to have some great interviews today, first with TJ Quinn, who's been covering the Brittany Griner story, the wonderful enterprise reporter for ESPN. He's been covering Griner for months, if not, well, obviously since it broke in February. And he was on with us in July talking about a potential deal for Brittany Griner to bring her home, a deal that was a little stronger from the USM than what ended up happening. But Brittany Griner is home as we speak right now. She has been released from a Russian penal colony. The trade was made. I call it a trade. We'll get into that. The negotiation was done. So without further ado, ESPN investigative reporter on Brittany Griner, here's TJ Quinn. Tisha, this story came online today with your great reporting for ESPN, and it is not a new story, especially listeners of this podcast. You've heard interviews with the Washington Post, with other members of ESPN, with those following this, with Don Van Nida and the report last couple months ago that Dan Snyder had dirt on the other owners and the commissioner. Let's just get everyone up to speed. What was the news today that came out of Congress? Well, I think um, there's two big takeaways from what was a 79-page final report. So this is the final conclusions from the Democrats who ran the congressional investigation for the Oversight Committee. And while they have been critical of Snyder throughout their hearings and in previous uh, publications that they've put out over the last year, this they, they really point the finger at Dan Snyder. They the buck stops with Snyder, so to speak. They uh, say that he directed and was working behind the scenes to intimidate witnesses to prevent the release of documents, um, and that he was a, a participant in the toxic workplace culture. And that I mean, for the most part, the, the committee says they're not buying the argument that this was all former president and general manager Bruce Allen's fault, that, that it's really Snyder, that Snyder is culpable here. Um, the, the other big takeaway is while the NFL has been involved in the conversation for the last 14 months, obviously, uh, the committee comes down hard on the NFL and says that it failed to protect its employees and mm. put owners' interests above those of the folks working for the clubs and allowed Snyder to and, and his and his team to intimidate witnesses and to prevent the the release of these documents, effectively burying its own independent investigation findings. Mm. But Wilkinson, Beth Wilkinson, yeah. the attorney who was asked to do the investigation, was essentially hamstrung. 
because she wasn't allowed to interview key witnesses. And it, the report goes into great detail um, about some of those examples. But that that was the news is that the NFL is they're pointing the finger at the NFL as much as they're pointing the finger at Snyder. Yeah, those are two huge takeaways, because if we as we've covered this and talked about this over the whatever, two years now, at least from my viewpoint, I don't know about you. It has seemed that, yes, there's been this toxic workplace. There's been this difficult environment, especially for women working in Washington under the different names of the team. But it did seem that Snyder may have been not above it, but not a participant and not a directive, not someone that kind of endorsed it. Yeah. I mean, from the very beginning and, and rereading the, the press releases that were put out in you know the days and weeks following all of this, the, that was the defense, is that he was a hands-off yeah. owner. And much of this report goes into detail about how multiple witnesses who were who provided testimony through depositions and voluntarily to Congress said he he knew absolutely what was going on. He wanted to be informed. He the they have a uh, a statement from Bruce Allen. This was the first time today as well that we're yeah. seeing excerpts from Bruce Allen's uh, deposition where he was sworn under oath and gave testimony, and he said. Snyder flat out told him he wanted to be kept informed and he I'm paraphrasing. He didn't want any surprises that it was on Allen to make sure Snyder knew what was going on. And Allen was one of many uh, witnesses who testified to that same idea that Snyder did know. However, however, the committee also released excerpts from Snyder's deposition and he claims more than a hundred times through his 11 hour deposition that he can't remember or mm. recall what the committee labels basic facts about a whole long list. I mean, essentially everything we're talking about with this, with this congressional investigation, including whether private investigators were used to uh, collect information on people like Bruce Allen. Yeah. So uh, the chair of the committee, Carolyn Maloney, uh, told me in an interview when I asked her about the fact that Snyder says he can't remember um, what she took from that. And she says, and these are her words, that he's either having selective memory or he's lying. Yeah. Um, in his statement or in the team statement to ESPN about this report, they said that he, he, he came forward with the facts and that he was truthful. Again, I'm paraphrasing because I'm not looking right at the statement right now. Yeah. And that he, that, that, they would argue that this was a one-sided investigation. Hey, back to this interview about the commanders and Daniel Snyder with Tisha Thompson in a minute. First, a word from AG1, one of my favorite sponsors. I use it every day. I pour it into a glass of water. I stir it up every morning. It is whole food. It has minerals. It has superfoods. It has probiotics. It has adaptogens. All those things. I've been, as you guys know, I'm into fitness. I've been doing this a long time. It's always, sometimes I, even though I'd use supplements, I don't get what I need. This is what I need. It's lifestyle friendly, whether you're keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, gluten-free, no sugar, better sleep, better recovery, better performance is the key. It has all these five-star reviews. And the best thing about it, it is cheap. It costs less than $3 a day. You're investing in your health and you're getting all the supplements you need. So to make it easy, 
Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do, visit athleticgreens.com slash BOS. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash BOS. Take ownership over your health. Pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance, AG1. Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on-a-wim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days Inn, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details. Do it today. Back to our interview with Tisha Thompson. Yeah, I mean, to review for our listeners, it was Roger Goodell that appeared live, at least through Zoom, uh, in front of the Congressional Oversight Committee because Dan Snyder couldn't be bothered on his yacht in the south of France, which was referenced several times that he couldn't get even a Zoom interview with him. But as you just mentioned, he did appear with deposition, which was under closed watch. No one could see it. Uh, and this is what came out of it. Again, new information that he had these I don't recalls and he, you know, completely dodged all those questions. I think we need to back up, too, because this was the Wilkinson report. So all of this bad behavior was being investigated. And I remember it well. And Beth Wilkinson, a, a respected Washington attorney, was looking into it. And then all of a sudden it turned into an oral report and her findings became hidden in a drawer somewhere. We'll never see the light of day. And the thing that I remember is this was buried on a July 4th weekend where he did get from the NFL a $10 million fine, a year suspension for this activity, whatever it was in the Wilkinson oral report. Now, even people like you and I, I think kind of said, hmm, Okay, and moved on. But then the John Gruden emails came out in October or September, and the focus turned back to Washington. Now, wait a minute, oral report? What was, what, wait, what? And to me, that's what this brought out once again today. And what was chilling to read in your story was that it has come out from the league that the leaks came from Washington, which my reaction was they would not be that stupid because (laughs) they would know it would turn around to them. I, you know, I, I report, Andrew, I report what I'm told and what I read and what I observe. Right. right? So I, 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 I want to point out that the, the report says that, a senior NFL executive, let me back up, that Bruce Allen, when he finds out about the leak in October of 2021, reaches out to a senior NFL executive. And she says to him, um, enough to give him the impression that the leak came from the commanders. And I encourage folks to read the exact quotes in our story about what was said um, because it does, the report does leave you with the impression that the leak came from the commanders, but you know, the lawyers in the room could probably read that different ways. Yeah. Um, because everyone is denying that the leak came from them. 
You know, I mean, that is the the league is denying that it came from them. The commanders have called, uh, you know, all of the reporting that we have done uh, looking into the use of private investigators and all the allegations that Don Van Natta, Seth Wickersham and I had in that story about six weeks ago. Uh, you know, they've denied the entire report. Um, that being said, it was interesting for, for me to see, again, Bruce Allen saying yeah. that Dan Snyder told him he wanted to use private investigators to follow Roger Goodell. Hmm. Um, so for us, you know, that's always validating to see what your journal, to see your journalism show up in a congressional report. Um, and, and that this was the first on the record, so to speak, interview where someone's name was attached to the fact that Snyder is saying that he wants to tail Goodell and, or, and, and there's all this other evidence that the report contains about the use of private investigators, which Maloney, the, the chair of the committee, described as extreme measures. She said she had never really seen anything like this. The amount of obstruction that she characterized it in more than 30 years of working on Capitol Hill as a congresswoman. Yeah. And, and just to, to echo what you said in your reporting six weeks ago with Don and Seth, you did talk about Snyder having quote dirt on other owners and the commissioner. And now we have this report, as you said, where you're talking, where they're saying they were looking into with investigators, even Roger Goodell. So I guess my question is, People ask me all the time, as I'm sure they ask you, what's what's the end game for the congressional committee? What's the mm-hmm. end game for this report? And we'll get to whether he sells or not in a, in, a, <laughs> in the next question. But as to the committee and as to congressional uh, purpose here. Well, I will say that the Republicans again today and from the very start have said that there has been no purpose to this investigation. Yeah. Um, every single member has uh, stuck to talking points saying that this was a waste of taxpayer dollars um, and and provided a fairly in-depth statement providing the rationale behind that. The Democrats, however, uh, including Carolyn Maloney, who were in charge, and this is their investigation, said, no, this is really important. This is about sexual harassment and intimidation. And the whole premise of having hearings and doing this investigation is to explore the possibility of legislation um, and there are several pieces of legislation that have come out, or I shouldn't say legislation, but bills that have come out um, from this congressional hearing, in tr- including putting restrictions and prohibitions on the use of non-disclosure agreements yeah. and confidentiality agreements to, quote unquote, cover up um, sexual harassment and sexual assault and other forms of intimidation. Um, The future of that legislation is uncertain because Carolyn Maloney lost her primary race in August in a really contentious race, really competitive. And uh, Jackie Speer, who also introduced legislation that would have put real restrictions on the use of municipal bonds to help build pro stadiums, mm-hmm. she's retiring at the same time. Um, uh, Maloney ha- has told me that she's confident her NDA legislation in particular will continue to move forward because she will get Um, a colleague to sponsor it in the new Congress. Okay. So there's all that. I think, I think the congressional investigation is over because the Republicans have said they're not going to move forward with it, but 14 months has revealed so much information that 
So many other government investigations have since been launched based on what was uncovered in the congressional investigation. And just off the top of my head, you have the D.C. attorney general suing currently right now in a civil lawsuit. You have the Virginia attorney general investigating allegations of financial improprieties that came out of this investigation. Um, We reported uh, Don Van Natta specifically that at least two sources say that there's a criminal investigation uh, happening right now with the uh, U.S. attorney in the Eastern District of Virginia. And then there is the NFL itself. And my question is, is this a do-over? Are they trying again with the Mary Jo White investigation, which was launched the same day women came forward and gave testimony before Congress in February as part of this congressional investigation? So there's a lot still going on. This chapter is closing, but you and I will continue to be talking about this for many months to come, I would think. As to the Mary Jo White investigation, I'm asked this question. I wonder if you had an answer. What potentially could that lead to? Additional discipline beyond the year and and $10 million fine that he got? You know, I I don't know. I I don't think any of us know. Yeah. Um, Will that investigation come out before or after he potentially sells the team? Yeah. I mean, there is the real possibility that he could sell the team. Um, I can tell you the answers to what I have been told, which is the D.C. Attorney General, for example, said even if he sells the team, the the lawsuit that the, the D.C. is bringing will continue because the actions were taking place under Snyder's watch and extend beyond Snyder to the NFL. So this doesn't go away just because he sells the team. But to your point, the Mary Jo White investigation, I will be fascinated to see what happens. I mean, I guess in theory, they could levy more fines. They could give more punishments. Um, And I think that's why so many folks are watching. What does the NFL do? What are they going to do? Well, as a lawyer, I look at the Washington AG lawsuit as a bit of grandstanding. You know, he mentioned, I've never seen so many cameras, obviously. That seemed to be important to him. Uh, But what I see it as, in some ways, is the Wilkinson report that was never released because it has all the detail of him walking around in his Hugh Hefner robe and sex parties and workers. Yeah, and the whole thing. I, I mean, you're the lawyer. You know more than I do about this kind of thing. But I think there's some big hurdles and whether those hurdles will, whether they can break through those will be interesting to see. I mean, as a reporter, I really want it to proceed through the court system so yeah. that I can have access to these court records. And the D.C. Attorney General flat out said that was part of the, the on d'etre, so to speak, of even having a lawsuit is because these documents would be entered into evidence. So will it ever get to that point? The, the number one hurdle is that there's a new D.C. attorney general starting right. in January. Will he continue this? And, and the expectation is he will. The old uh, one said he would, yes. Yeah. And then, and, then, and then the next big hurdle is will a judge sort of dismiss it right, right. from the get-go? Or, for instance, I mean, again, you're the lawyer. You tell me how this works. But I've always noticed that if you really don't want something to move forward, there tends to be a settlement agreement. Right confidentiality clause attached to it. So people like me can't read about it. (laughs) Well, that's, you know, speaking of that, that's also brought out some questions because there's allegedly that with one or or more women 
a former cheerleader, et cetera. And, you know, I, I had a couple of the women that I worked in that time frame with, with the commanders and, you know, the stories, these are not salacious, but they would tell me they were told never to wear flat shoes, only high heels. They were told never to wear pants, only tight skirts. They were told never to look Mr. Snyder in the eye. And those are kind of the, the innocent parts of what went on there. So then the question is, and I'm a Washingtonian born and raised there. And I get this question from everyone. Can they get, can they get him out? I, I have never thought the NFL will remove him. I just don't think they're going to go down the, that, that very, It's very hard to go down very that hard. Route. And you're talking about one of the most litigious people alive. So they would be tied up in lawsuits for decades. Now, the report comes out. They're seeking transactions with Bank of America. Who knows what that means? They haven't commented. Some people say it's a full sale. Some people say it's a partial sale. Some people say it's exploratory. But I guess the question everyone wants to know, and I don't know if you have an opinion, will this accelerate a potential sale if one is even in the offing? As you can imagine, myself, (laughs) along with my colleagues in the investigative unit, we're trying to figure out as much as we can about this. Um, I have heard a lot and I haven't published a story yet. Right. So that tells you I'm hearing a lot of different things and I just don't feel like I have enough confirmed information to give you an educated answer about that. Um, I, I do believe that there's lots of different things at play. I mean, I can say that there's lots of different things at play. There is the congressional investigation into um, these allegations of sexual harassment and intimidation and uh, just a terrible, toxic workplace and culture. There is the reality that he doesn't have a new stadium and he can't get one, as we reported right. in our story. And that and that's that's important. Um, there are there's the financial investigation. There's a criminal investigation taking place. So there's a lot of pressure points. Um, and to say one versus the other has more oomph, I, I'm not, I can't tell you that yet. I can just say there's a lot. There's a lot going on. So would Mary Jo White in isolation be enough? Probably not, but there's a lot more going on right now. And yeah. there's also just how much are the other owners willing right. to put up with? You know, they don't necessarily have to take a vote. They could just put pressure on him. Right. Yeah, I use the word Sarver in <laughs> the NBA. Exactly. You know, he, he was exactly. not voted out, but pressure from, and not only owners and commissioner, but the players. That's a little different. Exactly. LeBron well, and that, as we put it out a couple of weeks ago, that's a, that is something that, you know, reporters like me have noticed that there has not been an, a hue and a cry by players right. uh, with the NFL and what we're talking about. Whereas with the Sarver situation, there was tremendous outrage coming from the players themselves. But these are, t- you know, yes, they're both pro leagues. Yes, they make a lot of money, but they are very, very different entities. And they're run differently and they divvy up their money differently. Yeah. And as a result, there's a different power dynamic with the players in the NBA versus the NFL. I'm well aware of that. And I also think that a player could be a hero to 
women in general by stepping out. But the I, risk I have been that. struck. No players have said anything. I, I will tell you, I've been struck by that. And it doesn't have to be a commander, right? Any player. And especially someone with, with a big name. But We'll see. I mean, I know you got to go to a, a sports. I do. I got to. I got to go do my <laughs> uh, job that pays me some money. So keeping <laughs> you away from all your. Uh, no, I need to go do NFL Live, and, yeah. and I've got to go talk some more about this stuff. But thank you for having us. I, you know, I, I encourage folks who really care about this stuff to read the report. You know, yeah. I, I do my best to to read it try to synthesize it and explain it in the simplest terms. But if you really care about it, it is on our website. It's in my story right now. You can read that report yourself and come to your own conclusions. And that's what I always encourage folks. I mean, the thing that I have taken away from all of this is fans are voters. And as we found a couple of weeks ago in our story, the voters do have power and they spoke out and they said they didn't want Dan Snyder to have a stadium in the state of Virginia and that stadium deal collapsed because you as a fan do have a voice and don't ever think you don't. Um, So read it, get educated on it and tell people what you think. Yeah. We'll link it in the show notes, your story and the report itself. Tisha, thanks so much for your great reporting as evidenced by all those Emmys behind you. Um, (laughs) And all the work you do. You know, I don't keep them at my house because I don't want my children to think that we are (laughs) measured by our trophies. So I have to put them somewhere. I'm in my office. (laughs) Okay. I like that. I like that. (laughs) Thanks for joining me. I really appreciate it. Great to talk to you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Always great to have my good friend TJ Quinn on to talk about this. We talked about this exact issue, July. I was looking it up, July 20 something. And here we are back. Okay, let's get right to it. This morning news breaks that Brittany Griner has been released. Your thoughts? Well, as typically happens with these, it came a uh, bolt out of the blue. Uh, they typically don't share this news until somebody's actually on a plane because these deals can blow up so quickly. Uh, the, the last things we'd been hearing from the State Department and the White House were that Russia just wouldn't engage. And apparently in the last couple of weeks, they finally came back to U.S. officials and said, OK, we'll do this deal one for one. Brittany Griner for Victor Booth. Um, the 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 sad part for for the White House and certainly for Paul Whelan's family, he's the other American who's who's over there, who the U.S. considers to be wrongfully detained. Right. Um, is he is not part of this deal. And I actually spoke to a White House official just a little while ago who said the U.S. had proposed a straight up one for one Paul Whelan for Victor Boot exchange, Mm. and that it was a non-starter with the Russians, that they consider him to be a different class of uh, prisoner than Brittany Griner because of his espionage conviction. So for the Griner family, it's an incredible day. Um, You know, everyone I've spoken to around her has, you know, said they're overjoyed, but every single one of them has mentioned Paul Whelan and that they don't want to forget he's there too. Wonderful interview with TJ Quinn about Brittany Griner and all the aspects that go into it. It's not as easy as people think, and it's certainly delicate negotiations. If you're like me, you love watching live TV, but it sometimes feels like live TV doesn't love us back, right? Now you can get the TV you love for a price you love, thanks to our friends at Sling TV. Forget about high prices, endless contracts. Sling's the most valuable option when it comes to finding your favorite channels for the best deal of sports, news, and entertainment. 
They have the best live TV content all in one place at a low price. And now you can follow all the action on screen, catch every touchdown every Sunday, thanks to NFL Red Zone, which is available on Spling Blue plus Sports Extra. Sling is easy to set up, easy to use. You can try it for half off. You don't need your kid or your grandkid to set it up. Just visit sling.com slash DraftKings, sign up today. Watch every touchdown live every Sunday afternoon with NFL Red Zone on Sling. You can get the Sling Blue with Sports Extra for half off your first month. It's regular $46, now $23. That's right. You get the best deal on Red Zones. You can catch all the touchdowns every Sunday. Lowest price with Sling TV. SlingTV.com slash DraftKings, all caps, to sign up today. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. We just, as we speak at 4 o'clock Eastern on Thursday, is she en route? Is she home? Do we know? She's en route. She is in a plane somewhere between Abu Dhabi and San Antonio. Um, she is in uh, the company of Roger Carstens, the U.S. Special Presidential Envoy for Hostage Affairs. Um, she's going to go right to uh, Air Force Base outside of San Antonio, and then she's going to be at uh, uh, Brooks Medical Center there um, on, on the U.S. Army base, where she's going to get a, a full going over physical, um, make sure she's physically healthy. Um, she's due to land sometime very early tomorrow morning. Um you know, what, what's kind of interesting is that once she was out of Russian custody, she's in charge of what's happening to her. Really? Um, you know, I mean, there's there's obviously strong advice uh, about what she should do. And when when she was handed over, I'm sure she was told, OK, this is what we would like to do. But U.S. officials and people around her had told me, yeah, they were prepared knowing that legally she's in charge of herself. Um, and it's going to be a long process of of integrating her back into her normal life in the U.S. with a sense of agency that she hasn't had in, uh, in, mm-hmm. in almost 10 months. You know, I don't want to do too much review, but this was uh, happened. This happened in February, correct? Where she was yep. found to have the Hashi's cartridges. She, you can review for us quickly. She pled guilty in a quote unquote pseudo trial. And was at one location, but recently moved to a quote-unquote penal colony. Right, she had been in a Moscow jail um, from the time she was she was arrested, February seventeenth. Um, the the U.S. government knew it didn't matter. The facts of the case didn't matter whether she had the the cartridges with her or not. She right. would be found guilty. Um, she was never. This was never about justice. This was always about her value as a hostage to the Russian government. Look, there's a very good chance that she did have the cartridges and she pleaded mercy with the court saying, um, I brought them by accident. I didn't intend to, to break the law, but nobody ever expected for a second that she'd be acquitted. Uh, and they, they knew she'd have a harsh sentence because the whole point was for Russia to have leverage to trade her for, for Victor Boot, whom, whom they wanted for a long time. So the... After the conviction, there was some hope that, okay, maybe now Russia will be willing to 
to deal in good faith, but they still didn't budge. And then there was her appeal, which again, the U.S. knew there was zero chance that she'd be successful. But as long as she was on appeal, uh, she would stay in a Moscow jail instead of being sent to a penal colony. Yeah. Um, well, we suddenly got you know surprise word a, a little over a month ago that she was being moved to the penal colony, which kind of sent a shudder through her family. It's these are much much harsher conditions. I mean, these are these are the old Soviet gulags with a new mm-hmm. name. Um, but it sounds like you know it was just the last couple of weeks. All of a sudden, Russia engaged, um, and and suddenly here she is. Let's talk quickly about these negotiations. I know there's a lot of consternation out there, as you've seen all morning, all day, about the Whelan family. So you and I talked in July. We were speculating totally about a two-for-one, right? right? About Reiner and Whelan for this arms dealer that was serving a 25-year term and just a really bad, bad guy. Uh, obviously, it didn't happen. As a negotiator, a lawyer, I look at this as well. You tell me if I'm looking at it wrong. Well, Russia had leverage. This was a target that U.S. was all clamoring about getting home and WNBA and NBA and stars and entertainment. And the Russians felt that leverage. Is it that simple? Or as you said, they just weren't willing to go that far, even for Whelan for about one for one. Well, part part of the yeah, part of, you know, what was really difficult through all this was figuring out what Russia valued. Yeah. Was it simply the trade? Was it just getting Victor Boot back in, in, into Russia? Or was there more at stake for them? Um, you know, the, the experts that I've spoken to for the past nine months, you know, have, have long pointed out that part of what Putin values is creating dissent and chaos within U.S. politics. So whether or not the trade of Brittany Griner for Victor Boot or any, you know, any manifestation of that deal uh was enough to to make the trade. It's how much did he value just making the Biden administration look ineffective? And mm-hmm. officials in this country had been saying after her uh, her appeal was denied uh, that they thought the next milestone that maybe you know could sort of break things open was the U.S. midterm elections a month ago today. That they they suspected there was no way Russia was going to make a deal before that that could be considered a political victory for Biden. But mm. once the midterms were over, they thought maybe Russia will be more inclined to engage now. Then you had on uh, November 18th, I think it was, uh, Russia's deputy foreign minister, Sergei Ryabkov, made a statement that, uh, hey, we're optimistic uh, about getting a deal done. This was really unusual. The U.S. Department of State fired right back saying, hey, if you're if you're actually ready to deal in good faith and act like it. Yeah. Um, and, and a source, senior administration officials said today to a bunch of us on background that, you know, Russia was saying one thing, but doing another. Um, they had to wait for Russia to suddenly decide they were ready to make a deal. Hey, back to TJ in a minute. First, a word from Masterworks. You got to think about this. If you're a professional athlete, you're a newly minted millionaire, you're fit, you're young, you're living life to the fullest. But you got to think about life after the pros. Too many stars lose their money. They can't make their money work for them. Now, if they get a wealth advisor, they start investing in things like we can only dream about, like multi-million dollar paintings. This is not just a flex. This is, this is legit. Contemporary art has outpaced the S&P 500. 
for the last 26 years, not by a little, but by 130%. So inflation is high. It's one of three assets to actually appreciate 17.5% per year on average. So how do you start balling like these guys without spending multi-millions? Well, Masterworks. It lets you invest in multi-million dollar works of art from artists like Picasso, Basquiat, Banksy. Now, these aren't NFTs. They divide the paintings into shares. You can invest without needing millions. After that, they wait for the most opportune time to sell. You get the best results. There was an exit a few weeks ago for a 21.5% return. Heck, six out of seven paintings exits gave investors more than 20% net returns. And that's during COVID. So Masterworks has had to acquire and release more art than their platform to meet demand. There is a wait list, but you can get in. Listeners can get in. You get priority access. Go to masterworks.com. Use promo code BOS for business of sports. Masterworks.com. Promo code BOS. Back to our interview about Brittany Griner's release with TJ. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Quinn. I'm going to ask a very tough question because we know what happens with political rhetoric. (laughs) Yeah. You think this is a good deal for, for our administration? I am utterly unqualified to say that. Um, But there was, there was clear recognition from the administration early on that it would take an imbalanced deal to, to get her back and that president Biden was willing to make one. So one thing when you work for a sports network is you're going to get a lot of comments back from people about, you know, like, like we're talking about an NFL trade or something. Um, This was, you know, the U S wanted to get her and Paul Whelan back and Russia had all the leverage. Uh, They've, they've been willing to let uh, Victor boot. um, I mean, they've asked for many times before, but he's been in U.S. custody for more than 12 years. And he was picked up by officials, you know, by authorities in Thailand 14 years ago. Um, So it's not like they just got him and suddenly swapped him for each other. As Secretary of State Antony Blinken reminds everybody, Russia gets a vote. And this was, was it the best deal the U.S. could make? As far as they're concerned, it was the only deal that they could make. Um, So there was a calculation all along, it would be better to get both at the same time. Um, you've got a, you know, a, 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 a black lesbian uh, who is, you know, politically polarizing in this country and a white man, former United States Marine over the age of 50, 40 percent of the country was going to be up in arms if one came home and not Either the way. other. Yeah. yeah, they always wanted both of them back, but they recognize that. You got to get the one you can. And if there was going to be a political hit for it, so be it. They'd rather just have her here. And again, looking at it from pure negotiation terms, now Russia has Whelan for a different deal. Right. Exactly. And it sounds, you know, the the officials I spoke to today from state and from the White House have said, you know, we are still fully engaged and want to figure something out. I mean, there are a couple of names that that popped up um, in you know, one was uh, 
I mean, you know, both Russian men. One uh, guy, Vadim Krasikov, who has been uh, in Germany on murder, uh, murder conviction uh, took place in Belgium. Um, apparently, Russia had floated his name at one point, and the U.S. said, we can't trade a guy we don't have. Yeah. And, and that's a bit much. But there are also other officials, including the son of uh, a senior Russian legislator, a uh, guy in the Duma, um, who's been in the U.S. for for hacking charges. And, you know, his name kept popping up, but there doesn't seem like there's been a huge push by Russia to get him back. So there are plenty of Russians in U.S. custody. Yeah. Um, but the U.S. so far, what they're saying is they have not gotten, you know, any word from Russia what it would actually take to get Wheeling back. High stakes stuff. Griner, will she? Uh, I assume her career in Russia is over. Uh, I, I would think it's a pretty safe. <laughs> I don't. I, I, you know, I don't like to speculate. That yeah. one, I'm comfortable saying but it is. is. Yeah. I think, as everyone as everyone knows by now, the bulk of these women, uh, in terms of earnings, comes from overseas, not from the WNBA. And again, we're just sort of putting ourselves in speculation about her future. But do you think she'll continue to pursue basketball overseas? Uh, I, first, you got to make sure that she wants to continue basketball in the United States. Um, she was it was her lawyers had told me a couple months ago that she tried to put that out of her mind, that there was actually a, I, I asked at one point, does she as she touched as she played basketball since she's yeah. been there? And they said, um, you know, her Russian lawyer was telling me from Moscow, she said, they have a, a ring. I said, a hoop. She said, yes, a hoop. Um, she said, but there's no ball. And we asked Brittany if she wanted us to bring one. And she said, no, um, I don't want to think about it. Maybe if I'm here for the long term, I'll ask you in the spring. But she really wanted to separate herself. And mm. I've, I've spoken to a number of people who had been held uh, as, as hostages or wrongful detainees in other countries about their experience coming back to the U.S. And they said that you really have to be prepared for the idea that your whole idea of your life may change from the experience. Yeah. So maybe she'll the thing she wants to do is get right back into shape and, and get back on a basketball court. But it's 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 not a guarantee. There are people who come back and suddenly the priorities are different. Um, we're going to have to wait until Brittany Griner is ready to tell us what she wants to do. Is she scheduled to meet with media sometime in the next few days or is no, no in fact, they've said that there's not going to be any availability for her or her family for, for, you know, uh, I think the foreseeable future was the term they used. I I've got, I've, you know, from the conversations I've had with them for months, uh, they were clear that they're going to get her back. They're going to assess where she is. They didn't want to commit to any sort of media, Right. Appearances are speaking. They really want to know how she is and what she wants to do. Again, that sense of agency is really important to her um, and, and for her recovery. She's going to have some serious PTSD from this. And, you know, I imagine there's going to be extensive counseling for her and for her family, uh, you know, and then they'll decide, is she ready to tell her story yet? But but they look at it as it is her story to tell. She'll let them know when she's ready. TJ, great work as always. Thanks for being our go-to guy on this, as you always are. Uh, what's next for you? I'm sure you got a lot of a lot of irons in the fire on on new stuff now. Well, but there's, I mean, we got a couple, but this one, we got a ways to go on this one too. Yeah, um, you know, I want to find out more about what her experience was, about 
other deals. We're also, I mean, we're a sports network, but I think we're going to keep an eye on Paul Whelan as well. And um, her story is far from over. Um, and other, other than that, I got a few little projects poking around. Hopefully they'll come to light one of these days. I don't doubt that. Yeah, we will check in back uh, on Griner because I think this story is, as you just mentioned, far from over. But what a harrowing one. February, what date in February? 17th, 17th. February 17th, yep. So we're nine and a half months. Wow. Yeah, almost another week will be, be, be 10 months. I mean, that was even under Russian law, she should, only should have been sentenced to a few months. Wow. Um, this is it's pretty incredible how much time she spent over there. Thank you, my friend. Great stuff. Anytime, Anytime, my friend. Thanks. Talk to you soon. Really hope you enjoyed this edition of the Business of Sports. Great info from investigative reporters about key topics in sports right now. With the Brittany Griner release and with the Washington commanders being summoned and sanctioned by Congress with this explosive report about Dan Snyder knowing everything, about the NFL being complicit, about private investigators, just everything in it. Hope you enjoyed that. Follow me on Instagram where I do reels about these things, Andrew Brandt 2 my newsletter, andrew-brandt.com. And of course, if you want daily videos and weekly meetings, andrew-brandt.com slash sports business league, SBL. And of course, if you like the podcast, leave us a rating, share it with a friend. I really appreciate that. Thanks to my producer, Jack Connell, my musical producer, son, Sam Brandt, with the music you hear under us. Hope you enjoyed it. And hope you find this unique and interesting podcast on your list. We'll be back next week with another edition of the Business of Sports with Andrew Brandt.